What's going on, everybody? Leo Cannell here with today's Seven Figures Club podcast. And today we've got a very fascinating topic. Uh, over the weekend, I was uh, digging deep for an unbelievable documentary that would uh, teach me something valuable about business and startups and entrepreneurship. And I found the perfect, perfect episode on Netflix. This is a documentary about uh, Ther- Theranos. Uh, Theranos, however you say that name, uh, and their founder, Elizabeth Holmes, who's a very fascinating story. So we're going to dive into that, and we're going to talk about why Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes went from $9 billion was what her company, Theranos, was was evaluated at all the way to nothing. And now she's got criminal proceedings going against her, and there were a lot of things she could have done to fix that. I'm going to talk about how I had my own Uh, Theranos uh, moment, which nearly cost me everything, and we're going to end it by talking about the importance of not faking it till you make it, but pivoting till you make it, which by the way, uh, I just registered that uh, website URL, I think that's going to be my next book that I'm going to write, uh, you know, in the next uh, year or two, we'll see how my uh, schedule works out, but let's get started. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. All right. So I hope you guys are having an amazing end to 2020, bringing energy, bringing enthusiasm, finishing strong, not being like uh, so much of the population that pretty much check out from Thanksgiving, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, they check out and they don't get back until the second week of January, and then it takes them so much time to get back into the swing of things momentum. I know because I used to do that myself, which is a shameful thing to admit, but I must be real and authentic. That's that's how I was uh, running my life back then. It's certainly not how I run it now. So let's talk about uh, Therano. So again, it's the weekend. And I don't like to just watch mindless television. I mean, there's some great shows out there, great, uh, great shows out there, a lot of different uh, types. You've got, uh, you know, your Game of Thrones. You've got, uh, you know, some of the old goodies, uh, 24 Lost, some really amazing shows. Outlander's uh, a great, uh, great show to, uh, to check out if you have not seen that. Of course, there's amazing movies out there. But documentaries that are done right can be downright fascinating, and you can learn so much about what you care about. And so I care about entrepreneurship. I care about helping you as an aspiring entrepreneur, or or you've got your own startup, or maybe you're even one of our uh, funding partners trying to build your own funding empire. Regardless of what you're doing, you're looking for guidance. You're looking for tips and seven-figure secrets that can help you along the way so you can join that seven-figures club, get your business over seven figures a year in income, and then eventually, hopefully, even your personal income above seven figures. But first, got to get the business over seven figures to join that seven-figures club. So Elizabeth Holmes is this unique individual, and the funniest thing is you look at her face, and she's got a good-looking face, you know, blonde hair, these piercing 
crazy, almost insane, psychotic, uh, you know, blue, almost purple type eyes. Again, I'm colorblind, but I'm pretty sure that's what uh, what the color was. And then she's got this really unique voice that comes out that's almost a little bit uh, masculine when she talks. But she is a genius. There is no doubt about it. You know, she gets, uh, as she's growing up, she doesn't have friends. Her friends are books. She's extremely well read. She studied uh, everything that Steve Jobs did in building up Apple. And so in the early 2000s, she begins to uh, go to school to Stanford. And uh, like a lot of amazing entrepreneurs who launched their careers from their Stanford uh, dormitory like that's pretty much what she does and uh, she eventually you know talks to some very successful uh, Stanford professors who actually are one of the few college professor types out there who have run businesses who have built you know massive uh, successful businesses or at least been you know a very important part of that and and uh, participated in exits where a company they participate in they get some stocks some ownership some shares the company goes public and those professors make a ton of money they're kind of in the right spot but they are very bright and very smart and very different from about 99 percent of the college professors across the country uh my youngest brother uh teddy actually is going to Stanford. He's a genius, got a, a perfect score on the ACT test that you know they used to look at. I think they still do to get into college. But so there Elizabeth is and she's looking for, you know, that really impactful business solution that can make a big impact on the planet, on the world, that she can be remembered for, that she can help a lot of people. So she's got this these grandiose ideas, this big uh you know, euphoric type, um, you know, trying to create uh, an amazing product that changes the world for the better. Uh, You know, like a Steve Jobs who wants to ding the universe, and certainly Apple is the largest company by market share in the world. They have billions and billions of dollars of cash just sitting there because they've they've done so well and their products have changed and improved lives there's no doubt about it so elizabeth holmes is thinking well what's the right product for me what's the right industry where can i have a, a big impact and she starts to focus in on the medical in- industry on the health industry and so she's checking it out she's like what can i do and she notices that for the last several decades, blood tests, which are so important, the right blood test can let you know, can be an early uh, diagnosis of cancer, of heart disease, of you know these uh, diseases that absolutely kill our population, uh, you know, at higher rates than COVID-19, if you can believe that. And so she's studying this, and she realizes why is it so damn difficult to get a blood test and not only why is it so difficult and time consuming and expensive i mean it could be a thousand two thousand dollars for the right types of blood tests to find out you know what's going on with your body do you have cancers in it do you got heart diseases are you susceptible for stroke are there different diagnoses that can help you to avoid future illnesses that could kill yourself and the story because every great entrepreneur and if you don't have a great story it's about damn time you got one my story for business funding is that i was looking for how can i figure out to get business funding for myself and i finally cracked the code and then well i'm going to help some friends and family help them out to get funding 
And then I see, wow, there's this big need to help startups to be able to get funding that doesn't involve them giving up equity in their company that they can qualify for, you know, by having good credit or verifiable income, and they can get to 0% credit lines to grow and launch your business. And, and, and my goal from, you know, being bankrupt to building multi-seven figures businesses, that's my story, right? And Elizabeth's home story is extremely powerful. And she has this thing down. To, it's a tearjerker. She tells it all over the world. And she builds this amazing boardroom of incredibly famous and powerful men who are military leaders, who are government leaders. I mean, Secretary of State, when you think of the Secretary of States that are most famous in the world, you think of the Henry Kissingers. He's on her board at Theranos. And so her story goes something like this. It talks about she's a kid and she remembers her uncle and she loved her uncle. He was a great man who you know meant a lot to her, who helped a lot of people. And he died very young because he got, uh, I believe it was a type of cancer, and he died very young. And had he gotten the right blood tests, they would have been able to discover you know, the irregularities and find out that he had cancer and could have had an early diagnosis and significantly greater odds to be able to save his life. And so that's her story. And she tells his story, really, I mean, just thousands of times across the world tells it to investors, tells it to everybody, stirs up these emotions, and she's very successful at securing hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe a billion dollars in funding to be able to launch this business. And so she launches this business and she has this prolific idea that instead instead of the blood test where they have to poke your arm and they have to pull out you know, this massive vial of blood and it's painful and it, people hate it. I hate it. I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. I hate it. I just, uh, just added, uh, another, uh, you know, uh, life insurance, uh, type policy to protect, uh, my family through my good friend, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Bet David's, uh, PHP agency. And, you know, you have to get the blood test. My blood work came back real good to try to do everything I can to be healthy. But, but the blood test, I hate it because the lady comes by and the phlebotomist, she sticks it in my arm and she pulls out a ton of blood. And I, you know, I mean, it's not like it's that incredibly painful, but hell, you hate that. You hate, I don't know anybody that likes it. I know a lot of very big, strong, uh, you know, people out there that hate it. And so she's like, why does this have to be so painful? Why does it, why do we need that much blood? And so her big uh, invention, and she starts to patent a lot of amazing technologies. One of them is her nano nanometer nano thing is this tiny maybe less than an inch in length and and a couple you know four or five millimeters very small to be able to get the blood and the blood is coming from a finger prick so it's much less painful it's a lot less blood it's it's much easier to get done and so great that's an awesome technology and then her next thought is well i'm going to create this sleek sexy automated blood test machine where you take this little tiny vial of blood that's about as big as uh, your your thumb fingertip and you plug it in that machine and the machine runs all the diagnoses and tests and in a very short period of time maybe 15 minutes it spits out your test results for your blood to let you know you know whether you've got uh, cancer heart disease 
you know, whatever disease you could possibly have that, that could uh, be very detrimental, you know, to your future and to your life. And, and so really a beautiful story, a beautiful idea. And, and the machine she creates is, is called the Edison. And so she was all about, you know, Thomas Edison, who really kind of was a, a fake it till you make it type guy where he was making all these promises to the light bulb. But the thing he did was he kept pivoting and pivoting and making changes until finally he succeeded and found the right, uh, the right technology to create a light bulb that would maintain that light without burning out and so forth. And so her, her machine is called the Edison. You take this little blood test, prick your finger, pop it in the machine. Machine pops out these amazing results and uh, tells you whether you're dying or if you need some, you know, serious health care and, and medical attention to, to be able to uh, live a long and fruitful life. And so she's got a beautiful story. She raises a ton of money. And then not only that, she also... Uh, is able to essentially, after she raises that money, she's uh, able to get this massive office that they uh, build, this massive laboratory and, and office building, you know, in the Bay Area, and it's beautiful, and it's very technological, and it's just this glass building, and so her and her executive and sales team are kind of on the top floor and then in the basement literally in the basement they've got like their secret lab and everything's very secretive and everybody's got to have high clearance security and she's always worried that someone's going to steal her technology and while she's busy worrying about all that she begins to believe the hype she begins to believe all you know the keyword uh, that kathy bates talks about uh, in an interview with uh, tom bilyeu that's called hubris this little arrogance that builds up inside all of us where we start to think we can't screw up that we're perfect that we're god's gift to entrepreneurship don't ever let that happen to you because you can lose it so quick and so she starts to believe all the hype and she stops getting into the uh, trenches and working with her engineers and her scientists to get this machine to work because the bottom line truth of the matter is the machine is not working. It's You put the blood test in there, it spills blood all over the place, you're getting inconclusive, very inaccurate tests, and what's worse than anything is that you're giving people inaccurate test results. Oh, you're going to die of cancer because the machine just screwed up and can't get it right. And the biggest problem that she doesn't realize is it's impossible currently with technology and with that small of a blood to be able to get enough of the results you need from these blood tests in order to get accurate results. And so what what happens and steve job made this uh, famous is he had this reality distortion field that he became famous for where he tell people yes we can yes it's possible and with computer as and technology there is an opportunity to create smaller sleeker more sexier better looking technology but even then like uh you know the first imacs they weren't sleek uh you know like the imac laptop is now right they were bigger so steve still had to compromise he still had to pivot to the ultimate solution that technology was support at the time and elizabeth holmes big downfall and everybody wants to talk about how she lied and there's no question she lied but i think she actually 
believes so much in her hype and her idea and her mission. It's a beautiful mission, but she believed her life. She got to that point where she lost touch with reality and was all in with her reality distortion field, thought she was Steve Jobs, but all she had to do to succeed was pivot and be like, okay, I'm not going to be able to make this happen in this tiny machine. Maybe I've got to have a bigger machine or you know, maybe I need to, I'm still going to have to. What she was doing was she initially made a deal with Walgreens and they were finally making some revenue and income. And the deal was to have their machine there at Walgreens, except the machine never worked. So they actually were doing Pretty much, uh, they were doing old school where they were getting a vial of blood and getting people's uh, test results back. And people went in there thinking they were going to get their finger pricked. And they actually ended up, you know, getting a big uh, vial of blood and doing it kind of the old-fashioned way and using some of the uh, the testing equipment that some of the big companies like Siemens would uh, create. So they weren't even using their own equipment. So it really was a kind of a, a facade of bullshit that she had this amazing thing, but she was really doing it the old way. And eventually, Walgreens drops her partnership, and the funding dries up. Theranos uh, is bankrupt. It's done. All of her staff are gone, and now she's uh, being, you know, taken to court uh, in a few months uh, for criminal proceedings, for wire fraud, for all the stuff that happens when you lie to investors and the buck, uh, everything comes down on you. And so. But the, the key thing here that she fails at is she just needed to make, you know, incremental improvements. If she had just made incremental improvements, as awesome as her story was, as intelligent as she was, as inspiring a leader as she was, she could have easily, easily taken market share from the two biggest companies that own the majority of that market where nothing had changed for decades. She could have disrupted the shit out of those companies and dominated and built a multi, multi-billion dollar brand, gone pub, public. I mean, well, I guess she did She did actually, I think, go public with it. But, I mean, she, she could have pivoted. They could have found the solutions. Her team was telling her and she wouldn't listen. So that, my friends, is the biggest seven figures uh, club secret here. Pivot. Something's not working. Listen to the market. It's going to tell you what you need. If your product and technology that you're working on, you keep working on it, it's not working, well, what version of it can you pivot and create that's an incremental improvement from the competition that you can push, that you can bring sales and profits and build your team with and have culture those are the things you have to do. You have to be able to put your ego aside, make those pivots, and sometimes it's a completely different business model. Sometimes something is completely different. The way our business is today is 360 degrees different than it was a year ago. A year ago, I was going all in with uh, you know our identity insured, our soft pull credit, our, our partnership with Experian to help people to protect and monitor their credit and educate them. And I thought that was going to be the thing. And a year later, we, we fast forward. Yes, that's part of what we do. But the, the real focus is how can we you know, fund more clients with our funding marketplace? How can we have more educate and empower our funding partners to be able to make more money, help more business owners, which at the end of the day helps us too? How can we empower them? And we created software. We created a platform to do that. But I had to pivot quickly because what I was doing wasn't working how I thought it was going to. And I had to put my ego aside 
and listen to my team who was telling me what was happening, listen to the market and build that out and it's made all the difference and now we're poised to 5x, 10x our business over the next 12 months and I had to put my ego aside to make those pivots. So don't fake it till you make it, but pivot till you make it. And and that was that was a big mistake. We lost a lot of momentum at the beginning of 2020. Now we're on fire. We're, we're having record months every single month, even in the midst of the pandemic and the economic slowdown. But it was because I had the courage to pivot. It's because I listened to my team and realized that the direction we were going was wrong. And there's no one to blame but me. I had to change course. And so don't be afraid to change courses. Sometimes you're in the wrong business. Sometimes you've got to look at the business you're in and realize I need to you know, try a different business. Maybe the business you're in is being disrupted big time by the pandemic and you're in hospitality or restaurants and you need to make a change. You need to get food into stores. You need to do something different with the trend of the market. You need to look at the opportunity you're in. How big is it? What pivots do you need to make to get your business on track? Because it's a business that's going to have more of an online uh, you know, business model. It's not going to be in person as much. That's not going to change over the next four to five years. In-person business activity and, and, and your customer interacting with you is going to not be coming back ever like it was, right? So you have to be able to make those pivots. You can't be stubborn and think that you can uh, change the market because the market is its own thing and you have to listen and pay attention to the market. You have to listen and pay attention to your team and then you have to make the right pivots, the right changes. And when you can do that, the solutions, the, the results are amazing and we see it all around us with entrepreneurs that do make those pivots and unfortunately as talented as bright as intelligent as elizabeth holmes was she didn't make those pivots it cost her everything don't make that mistake make the pivots put your ego aside and yes when you you feel like you can be right and, and use that reality distortion feel like steve jobs Great, but even Steve had to make the pivots. Even he had to, you know, do deal with the technology that was available at the time in order to make his business and product work and be useful. So so must all of us, correct? So don't fake it till you make it, pivot till you make it, live in reality, make the changes, and you do that, you're gonna see extraordinary success in your entrepreneur life. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.